Today's episode is made possible by Screen Hero. With low lag and an independent mouse pointer for each user, Screen Hero is a screen sharing application built from the ground up for collaboration. Whether you're pair programming, reviewing a website design with a client, or just helping a distant family member with their computer, Screen Hero makes you a participant instead of a spectator. To try it out for free, visit ScreenHero.com. Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers, located on the web at WideTeams.com and on Twitter at WideTeams. This is uh, episode 97 or possibly 98, I'm not sure. I am your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today are Dave Hefner and Jason Fox of Argyle. Dave, did I pronounce your last name right? Actually, yes. Huh, okay. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, how are you both doing? Doing well. Good. So, uh, between the two of you, you make up a de- geographically dispersed team, correct? Yeah, well, it, it started as uh, us just being both located in D.C., but in very different parts, and so we just started working remotely, and then I started traveling a lot, and so we just kept working remotely, and then I moved to North Carolina two days ago, um, and uh, then Jason's actually moving to Argentina uh, next week. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> did you did you plan to both be moving at the same time, or did that just kind of happen? That just kind of happened. <laughs> <laughs> But so, um, but it sounds like you're already used to working kind of distributed. Yeah, yeah, it's actually worked better. We find that we're less productive when we're in the same in the same room, co-located. Because, and I guess it's just because we're used to kind of having social hour when we we get together, and it actually works well because um, if we just kind of time it so every few months or every you know six months we'll get together and actually do some sort of like just you know hang out, team building kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, and yeah, I guess I could see. I mean, if you're friends, then you know when you get together, you want to don't necessarily want to do shop talk. It could be actually a little distracting. Well, it's funny is like we, we come up with crazy ideas when we get together too, which then just <laughs> derails any sort of productive conversation. <laughs> exactly. uh, let's, let's talk about background. Did you both have experience working remote before? I'll let Jason start with this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I worked for a software company um, for a little while and we had sort of our work from home day. So I did that, but then um, I convinced them to, shipped me over to Romania to help train a team there, which I was working with them in an office setting, but then working remote to my home office. And so I got a kind of taste for that. Um, I kind of prefer it, especially when, you know, for programming, you're, you kind of want the quiet and solitude of working from home. Right. How about you, Dave? Well, it's funny. Um, I, as much as I encouraged um, remote workers when I worked at the Motley Fool um, and tried to help make sure that they had all the tools they needed, I was very much in office and, and always had been for all the jobs I held in, in working for companies. And then uh, it was really funny. I went out on my own and I was doing just kind of freelance consulting. I ended up finding myself just going to a different office but just getting paid more money. Um, and, and I started on my commute listening to podcasts and I actually started listening to the wide teams. And that was listening to, to your podcast kind of was was this moment where I was like, wait, why am I not actually <laughs> doing this for myself? And so that's kind of where it all started. Um, and then Jason and I started kind of talking shop, and then it just kind of was like, hey, let's let's figure out how to get clients to do this remotely. So that's pretty much my background. For, so it's more recent for me, I guess, within the last 
you know, six or eight months probably. That's awesome. It's interesting how as we, as we edge towards the hundredth episode of this podcast, I'm starting to hear more and more kind of full circle stories, um, you know, that start with, so I was listening to the wide teams podcast and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, it's, it's really cool. It's neat to see people, um, you know, pursuing, well, I don't know. I don't want to be so grandiose as to say pursuing their dreams of remote work, but, but at least, you know, um, jumping out into, into a more flexible scenario. Is it, is it more flexible for you? Is that one of the benefits? For me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just given, um, I actually, the first client we got was, it was a three month engagement that there was really, um, Jason and I have our first chance to work together remotely. And that was perfect because I picked it up right when I started traveling and, and, you know, Jason was for the most part in, uh, just in DC. And so it actually was super flexible because I had like crazy schedule, crazy hours. And I was like three hours away, two hours away and like so on and so forth. Um, and so it seemed like it, it definitely worked for in, in my favor. And we were able to just kind of, and we have the hip chat chat room and it's like, well, I'm not online, but I'm going to talk to the chat room and when I'm not there and we'll just kind of, and it's been really helpful. So you just kind of sync up, um, sync up asynchronous, asynchronously pick up wherever it left off and, and, and you get up to speed that way. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's right. really easy because we just come back to the hip chat whenever we see it. And we both kind of have the same habit of just kind of dumping our brains into that. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we think anybody's listening or trying to have a conversation, it's just kind of like talking out loud. And then so we sort of sync up on what our own thought process was and also like what we did. And we, we have all the tie-ins with GitHub so we know like what was committed and, and just build status and stuff like that. I think that's a, a terrific habit for remote workers. And, and um, especially if your team is, you know, open and understanding to it. I feel like, I feel like I've done a lot of that over the years, just kind of brain dumping, thinking my way through something over the chat. And I think sometimes it's been welcome and sometimes it's, I just, I've felt more like, well, they're just kind of, you know, ignoring me and <laughs> waiting for me to stop. But I think it's awesome when, when everybody's kind of on the same page about that because it really lets you, it lets you cue into the stuff that you want to cue into, you know, but you, you're not pressured to, nobody's pressured to only contribute stuff that they know is going to be of, you know, immediate value to everybody else. Yeah. And we didn't really explicitly like define a workflow for that, but Mm -hmm. kind of as, as things have developed, it's, it's kind of like we both will talk into it. And then if there's something serious or we really need someone's help, we'll use the little at person tag or we'll send each other a text. It's like, Hey, where are you? Or Hey, I need the help with this thing. So I mean, I I think if I were ever to do this again in a different team, it would be nice to kind of set that at the beginning. Like, Hey, don't expect someone to, to chime in immediately, but if you really need something, just send them a little, a little ping. Right. Because it's rather nice not to have to worry, like, oh, every I have to be watching the chat constantly. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's good to set up, I guess, expectations there because otherwise you're going to be flipping back to the chat every time somebody thinks out loud and then you're going to get annoyed with people who are thinking out loud and, and then people are going to stop doing that as much. Yeah. So what's uh, what's the day in the life like? What is your ske- schedules like? Uh, I mean... Do you mostly sync up time-wise, or uh, do you work different hours? Well, um, lately it's been, we've kind of been syncing up. We find we've been kind of condensing work to certain parts of the week. Um, and and for, the, for like the last few weeks, we've really kind of been pushing through Friday through Sunday because we were doing a sprint schedule that was basically Tuesday through Monday. Um, and and we, what would that would mean would be 
we'd we'd wrap like sometime Monday and then have a planning call Tuesday, then kind of take a couple days off and then kind of just start working again Friday through Sunday. And then um, it would usually be like an epic amount of work, which in hindsight, I think we found a much better workflow that we'd want to kind of maintain. But what we're realizing is once we're, you know, time dispersed, it's going to be more interesting. Um, and we're actually between client engagements right now. And our goal ultimately is not to necessarily do consulting work. It's to actually have products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have some, we have a free newsletter that, that we work on every week. Um, and, and we have some other stuff that we're working on the pipeline for. But, um, so right now, Dan Life's kind of just like, tee some stuff up right now and it's a much more lax pace. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, but when we're actually in client mode, um, it's a little bit different, a little bit more structured. It also depends on kind of, you know, who are we working with at this company? What's their schedule like? Do they have certain constraints that they're working with? But pretty much it's like, you know, roll out of bed whenever, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of hop on and be like, Hey, here's what I'm working on today. And then, mm-hmm. and then kind of make our, you know, make your way to a coffee shop or make coffee at home and just kind of, you know, for me, it's like I'll hack on something for a couple hours. If I'm into it, I'll keep going and then probably take a break, go hang out with my wife, grab dinner, then come back and I'll work from like sometimes all night, depending like this last, this last sprint of this last client was like, this, you know, a heavy burn. But for the most part, it's like usually 11 till one in the morning, whenever I'm most productive and, mm-hmm. and then go to bed, kind of repeat and then take a couple of days off when the sprint's over and then kind of, you know, just kind of riff all, also riff off of Jason because I think we do work more depending on what we're working on, if it's something that affects both of us, we would definitely work better when we're both online than when we're not. Right. That's uh, one, one thing I was thinking, wondering about, because I was wondering if, if either of you ever, you know, has a great idea for something and, and, you know, starts, starts like really wanting to, you know, bounce ideas off the other one, but, but, but he's not online. Um, I don't know if it's ever been like, I mean, maybe every so often we'll kind of like throw away, uh, we also use Trello. Mm-hmm. So maybe if like we're really, kind of riff, like jumping on something and we'll like kind of brain dump into Trello as like a card to discuss later. But so far it's been pretty, I don't know, it's pretty, pretty nice. The times of when we've wanted to like do that exchange of ideas and kind of like pair program without the sitting next to each other sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've been online and it's, it's worked out pretty well and it kind of go back and forth and pacing of code snippets. And then it sometimes evolves into a Google hangout or something like that. Or, yeah, or sometimes we, we post a, you know, a feature branch on GitHub because we, we use Gitflow and it's a pretty easy workflow and just publish and then, you know, ask for feedback, put a Trello card in the code review and wait for a response and then kind of just review. And then ultimately the bigger, more architectural conversations have been either very intense hip chat conversations or like, like a five minute Google Hangout. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you kind of shift to the, the Hangout when you really want to have a heart to heart. And yeah, when we don't want to have a, a record of it. Or brain to brain. <laughs> well, Google has a record of it, I'm sure. Oh, okay. But, but we, don't, we don't have a record of it. So. The NSA has a record of it. Let's just say that. <laughs> you know, they could they could they could make a lot of extra money. The government could make a lot of extra money that way if they just you know just went public with it and said, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna be your backup service for everything, <laughs> even the stuff that you thought you 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 forgot you failed to back up. <laughs> you didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We were always there for you. They just need to, they need to spin, right? Yeah. And that's all they're missing is just some good marketing. <laughs> Speaking of marketing, well, okay, only very tangentially, but what kind of products are you thinking about? If I may ask. Oh, yeah, you, you may. Um, so right now, the easy answer for the, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And the original reason I started Argyle was to build a portfolio of 
you know, diversified portfolio of kind of just passive income in a way, but ultimately around products um, that help people, you know, not necessarily the, the traditional four hour work week. I'm going to build a drop shipping business for things that don't actually help people, but maybe they think they help them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so for me, it's like I work for the Motley Fool, which is basically just a content business. I mean, they have newsletter products and they, they give you stock advice and that kind of stuff. And so their model is very similar to in a very big scale way. The same kind of thing you see with kind of the Calzumia software and even like this, the uh, Ruby Tapas that you have where it's just content. You're solving a real problem. Um, and you're, and you're kind of being, uh, I don't know, a leader in, in a, in a way in terms of showing how to do things and bringing it down to which is really simple. And so for, for what I've worked in in the last five years, I've worked predominantly in Selenium, um, and done automated acceptance testing. And so the easy answer was like, well, I can easily, pretty easily get consulting engagements to do that. Um, and so why not offer kind of better documentation than what already exists? And so the, this was actually really helpful when Jason and I started working together was, you know, he, he came up with the idea to say, why don't you just do a free weekly newsletter just to get something out there? And we started doing it about three months ago and it's been like a tremendous success. And so the idea is right now it's all, it's all in Ruby. Every, all the work we do is in Ruby. Um, and we have our own open source framework and that kind of stuff. But the goal is build products around kind of how do we make it easier for people to get started and become kind of masters in automated acceptance testing because there's definitely a demand for it. Um, there's definitely new entrants coming into the space and there's definitely people who kind of have some chops but don't know how to get better. And so kind of serving up um, just enough information to say that, you know, cut out all the all the stuff and say, like, there's too many choices and just say, here's how you do it. Do it this way and have have these opinions of ours baked uh, and backed by our experience as consultants doing the work. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's kind of, kind of the goal. So some, like one product right now is like our, our tip newsletter is free in Ruby. Um, if we start offering additional languages, um, like the blessed languages for the Selenium, uh, different harnesses, then that's, that potentially is a premium offering. Um, but the Ruby stuff will always be free. Um, and then after that, there's like, you know, uh, book, uh, a book idea we have for how to do, uh, Selenium successfully. Um, uh, the working title right now is Successful Selenium. So, and then we have some other things around like pocket guides and cheat sheets, just basically all around the same strat, the same guys and strategy of how do we make this just easy and approachable to get people to be able to start today, be able to get somewhere by tomorrow, and then in six months not hate themselves for making a bad choice today. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Be interested to hear more about that stuff. Awesome. Love to, love to talk about it. Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely think we're in a way, uh, kind of in the same ballpark. I mean, you do this. I, I've gone back and forth thinking about doing a screencast product. Um, and I kind of, I'm on the fence, but I see people like you that have a, you know, very tremendously cool format. It's like bite sized, simple, here you go. And that's kind of some of the inspiration for how I, how I do, do the tips for Elemental Selenium. It's the name of the, the tip newsletter. Mm-hmm. And it's a long, it's long form copy. It's not, we don't do the recording. We tried it with one, our very first tip, but there wasn't much click through on it. So, we just started doing long form copy and it's been, it's been great. But the whole goal, the whole guys was like, how do I make this as simple as possible? Just first principles baked in to say, here you go. Just do that. Um, and it has working code and have fun. And then mm-hmm. tell me, tell me what you think. And that's basically the gist. And I kind of, I don't know. I, I always like that and I like your format. And so I'd love to chat more about that kind of stuff. Yeah, we should talk. So, um, back around to the, the whole dispersed work, re- remote working thing. Any particular hints and tips that you've run across as you've done this for a while? Things that, that, uh, you kind of iterate, you know, got better at and could tell people other about, other people about? <laughs> well, the, I think the one I, I learned recently, I'm still kind of 
processing it is, and I think, well, Jason and I started to talk about this more near the end of the more recent engagement we just wrapped, but it's it's been entirely too easy for me to just, um, given there's no time constraint or no bucket of time, like go to the office at this time and leave at this time. I worked like when I wasn't when I wasn't doing something else, I was working. And mm-hmm. um, and it's funny was I you know we we sold our we we sell our consulting engagements as fixed price, and so we don't actually sell by by bucket of hours or anything like that. We say you know what's the statement of work you want for this sprint? We say that's reasonable, and then we do it, and that's basically it. And and it's funny is I did we don't keep track of hours, but mm-hmm. I have to say this is the hardest I've ever worked in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's very easy to be susceptible to burnout, and so for being remote and enjoying the work you're doing, it's very. It's something that like I've been having to take stock of, just thinking like, can this wait till later? Is this important to do today? And just kind of having better priority and saying like, what else do you know? What else am I, am I interested in doing today? Because I have the flexibility to do that. Right. Um, and just constantly kind of checking myself. And and for me, it was like looking to my wife to, for her to be like, is she is she uh, does she want to spend time today? I think she like she hasn't seen me in a few days. Maybe that seems reasonable. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the whole. It's like I lose track of time. That's for me. It's just a matter of saying like. Am I working too hard? And because I started to feel like I was susceptible to burnout pretty in a pretty intense way near the end of the three month engagement. So, yeah, that can be tough on families. I mean, uh, it is very easy to just be working all the time, as I have definitely found. Somebody, uh, uh, I remember somebody I talked to saying, "Say get a dog. If you don't have anything else, get a dog because it, then at least you'll have to you'll have to uh, get away from your desk and take the dog for a walk. At, you know, after <laughs> six or eight hours or whatever." That's good. That's good. <laughs> One thing I've noticed is, uh, I guess, as a tip is you have to get confident with trusting your, your sort of work meter or like what you're, when you're ready to work and when you're not ready to work, which is sort of, I'm not, I'm used to the, the nine to five thing because I only, I sure. only left this, I only left that world like, um, six months ago. So it was, you know, without that, it's like, oh, well, okay, it's work time and I'll just work, 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 or work. But, more and more, I've realized that I'll sit down and try to do something, and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And I could, and and in an office, you know, well, you're there, so you gotta go on Facebook or whatever, right? Waste, waste time. But I'm now being like, okay, well, I can go do something that you know, some passion project, or look up stuff that I'm interested in, or read, or relax, or sleep. And then when I'm on, and I'm ready to work, and it just it just happens, and it's amazing, and I can do a hundred times the amount. If, then than I would have previously, and it's 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 a little uncomfortable at first. But um, I guess the tip would be to start to just if you're not feeling like working, just don't work. And when you and if you if you need to get it done, you'll you'll get it done, and you'll you'll feel like working at some point. I think that's fantastic advice. Um, and you know, it's it's certainly I mean, it's only advice you can really take to heart if you are in a remote, flexible position, but. You know, if you're lucky enough to be in that position, I've definitely run to the same thing where I feel compelled to, you know, okay, well, it's, it's the time of day where I usually start to work. So I need to go down and work and, and I have to like look at myself and realize, okay, I just, I'm bleary eyed right now for whatever reason, uh, or my, my mind's not here and I'm just basically doing the, the Twitter Reddit cycle right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could keep pretending to work and have this be, or pretending that I'm about to get started working and have this be, you know, a wasted two hours. Or I could find something that my heart is actually in, even if that's just like, you know, vegging on the couch or something. But but at least maybe I'm vegging on the couch with other members of the family or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely good advice. Well, I think that's a, uh, a good note to, to draw things to a close on. Um, before I let you guys go, where can people find out more about you and about Argyle online? Um, well, the, the best place to go is probably our website. Um, it's ARRGYLE.com. And our tip newsletter is ElementalSelenium.com. Okay. Well, Jason, Dave, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Just subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Go to wideteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Wide Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wow, 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 wow,